Uh, a question that comes up from time to time has to do with Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. If you have your Bible, you might want to go ahead and turn there and look at the passage. Um, but Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 has to do with a description of the end of times, uh, a brief little bit of insight about what things will be like in the last days, and he's told to seal up this prophecy he's been given until that time. So let me read the passage. Uh, and this is the angel speaking to Daniel, having given him this revelation. Uh, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And so the idea here is that um, this sealing, shutting up of the words and the prophecy in that, uh, the Hebrew there indicates this idea of a pipe being clogged up. You know, this this is no more stuff's going to come through. This is the end of the prophecy, and you are to basically just put it to rest until the time of the end. Uh, and we see a phrase, uh, this phraseology used throughout the book of Daniel, these things pertain to the time of the end. Uh, as a matter of fact, just by way of connection, it is significant that what Daniel describes as, uh, as that which is to be sealed up is literally unsealed in the book of Revelation with, not ironically, the breaking, uh, the, the opening uh, judgments, the opening activities that take place in the last days, starting in Revelation chapter 6, is literally the breaking of this seven-sealed scroll. And so um, that which is sealed, and the idea of a seal here is like the idea of an imprimatur, a seal on a document kind of thing, something that closes it and keeps it shut until it's broken open. And so we see this very clear connection there in the book of Revelation, that which Daniel is sealed up, that content then becomes unsealed in the very end. As a matter of fact, some of the um, um, some of the um, strong imagery we see in the book of Revelation, like in Revelation 13, as the beast is described with the uh, just the dramatic picture that is painted of him, seems strange and outlandish until we recognize that, in fact, that same imagery uh, is in view in Daniel, although interestingly, uh, in different order. And I, I think it's just fascinating how that's spelled out. When you look at Daniel 7, you look at Revelation 13, uh, it's just a fascinating study back and forth there. But um, along with that kind of stuff, we also have this other idea, uh, these other two ideas that give description to the last days. One is the idea of many moving to and fro, and then the other being that knowledge will increase. Well, what do those things mean? Well, truth be told, we have to speculate a little bit about what Daniel may have had in mind there, because it's not completely clear. And so there are generally a couple of ideas that come to mind when this passage is brought out. And I thought I would just speak to it a little bit today. Um, the idea of many moving uh, shall run to and fro. The idea of running seems to speak of rapidity, speed, that kind of thing. Although the term there uh, basically means either rapidly or can mean eagerly. But the idea seems to be that, um, in connection with knowledge increasing, that possibly it is through technology that man has the capacity, and Daniel is told that in the end man will have capacity to move around very, very quickly, um, running to and fro. It may just be that simple. Daniel may have just been told that in the last days, things are going to move very quickly. People can move very quickly. Uh, it may be a reference to information moving very quickly. We communicate now basically at the speed of light, you know, through fiber optics or through various technologies and that kind of thing. Now, uh, what about knowledge increasing? Well, there are generally two views on what are what's likely being said here. One is the idea of just technology, an increase in our capacity as people. Now, this is a theme that has run throughout Scripture, even in the very beginning, 
Uh, there's a point at which when man tries to build this tower to God, that God says, see, nothing will be withheld from them now. There's nothing they can't put their minds to they won't be able to do. Uh, and so this idea of man pushing and innovating and that kind of thing, and it may very well be that Daniel is describing or is told that in the last days there will be sort of an extreme explosion of this kind of thing. Now, of course, that is true. We live in a time now where technology increases, I think, whereas it used to be paradigm shifts in technology took like generations, now take minutes. Now, that's maybe a little dramatic, but, you know, take maybe just a few years or a few months. It happens, it increases at such an exponential rate um, that it is uh, that it is hard to even keep up with the idea of quantum computing and that kind of thing and and uh, and, and just the massive increase in our capacity for computing power and all that kind of thing is staggering and uh, it may very well be that this is in part what is in view uh, and it would not be hard to understand uh, the correlation there with that with what Daniel is talking about however uh, while on the one hand I do think there's probably something there that is uh, in view, I do think probably more likely what is in view is the idea of knowledge of prophecy or understanding of what is spoken of prophetically here in Scripture uh, is probably more likely in view, albeit possibly in concert with the increase in technology. And here's what I mean by that. Um, as we find ourselves in these days, and of course, this kind of is the foundation for our prophecy briefs when we do them. Uh, we are trying to connect the dots between what Scripture has to say as it describes the last days, and then taking that information and looking out there and saying, okay, does this line up? Could this be a stepping stone to get us to where the Bible describes the last days as taking us? And I think that probably, in some regard, is what's really in view here, and a, a better understanding of how certain things in prophecy uh, are unfolding and can look in our day. For example, consider something like uh, the two witnesses in Revelation uh, chapter uh, 12, where um, these two witnesses are there on the scene. Uh, it chapter 11. Sorry, I just kind of drew a blank there. But in Revelation, where the two witnesses show up, and they ultimately are killed by the Antichrist, and they lie dead in the streets, and everybody sees them. And when they rise from the dead, everybody sees them. And the whole world celebrates when they're dead, and the whole world's shocked when they rise from the dead and, and ascend to heaven. But everybody sees that. Well, there was up until, you know, um, up until really uh, the modern era, that would have been a really hard thing to understand. I mean, how, how can everybody in the world see this? You know, up until the television, and certainly now in terms of our mobile devices and laptops and iPads and all that kind of thing, we would have no, we wouldn't even bat an eye at that. Of course, we can understand how literally everybody on earth could see this happen simultaneously. You know, things like that um, cause us to uh, recognize that the things that the scriptures talk about in um, uh, the fulfilling of things that scriptures talk about really isn't so hard to understand. Um, we We see through technology now that much that seemed impossible at the time of writing now does seem to be quite possible. Or think about something like in, um, you know, we talk a lot about Ezekiel 38 and 39. Well, when you read Ezekiel 39 and you see sort of the description of the cleanup after this battle here uh, with Gog and Magog, uh, uh, leading Magog and the nations around against Israel, uh, what, what, you know, what 
seems impossible with bows and arrows uh, if it is, in fact, intended to be taken as potentially a nuclear exchange, well, we understand now how modern warfare could produce the kind of devastation that is spoken of there, and in particular, in some of the description of how the cleanup happens after that battle seems to indicate um, something that in Ezekiel's time might have been hard to imagine what was in view, but in our days, not hard to imagine, you know, like a cleanup crew that, that is dealing with radioactive aftermath and that kind of thing, maybe what's in view there. Again, our, our advances in technology help us to understand how these things uh, could easily uh, be understood in our day, but maybe not so easily understood in Ezekiel's day or Daniel's day or Zechariah's day and that kind of thing. So, um, but I think that as as we find ourselves getting closer and closer to the end, we gain a better and better understanding of the fulfilling of prophecy as it is given to us in Scripture. And so I think that is probably more likely what's in view, not only um, that, but also Daniel's um, Daniel's book having to do with the end, um, I think in itself is kind of an indicator that this is probably the more likely view. Uh, all of this information is given to Daniel, some of which uh, w- would be understandable to him, but a lot of it may not be so much. And so because he's thinking way down the road, it is very likely that in reference to the idea of sealing it until the time of the end, the gradual opening up of these things for us to see them for what they are, um, I think is probably, again, what's in view. So uh, for those of you wrestling with what's in view there, um, there's probably a little bit of both. The idea of just the increase in technology and knowledge in that regard, but also very, very likely, and I think probably even more so in view, is the idea of prophetic and biblical knowledge uh, and biblical knowledge of prophecy opening up and becoming more well-known. So uh, anyway, hope that helps. If you were wondering about that, hopefully that gives you a little something to work with and to think about and to chew on. And uh, of course, if you have any questions or anything that you'd like to raise, you can always leave them in the comment section below our YouTube videos. Uh, or if you go to my uh, website at parsonspad.com, you can also leave comments and questions there. Or if you want to follow, uh, something I'm starting to use a little bit more often now is Telegram. And if you look up Parsons Pad on Telegram, or if you actually just go to the links in the description here on our podcast on YouTube uh, or in the audio versions, if you subscribe that way, you'll see a link to our Telegram, uh, uh, I don't know, page or whatever it is. And I've been starting to post a lot there as well. And sometimes I'll actually post other articles I've been reading and videos I've been watching and stuff that uh, that can be good resources for you as well. I've started to do that just a little bit more. So you may want to take advantage of that. And um, actually, we also uh, are posting these things or cross-posting to Rumble as well. So if you like to get away from YouTube and you want to start utilizing alternative sources for this kind of thing... Uh, that's probably not a bad idea because who's to say that, um, you know, in, in the context of information, all that kind of thing, uh, and big tech potentially censoring uh, some of the information that gets out there, you might want to consider looking at alternative sources like Telegram and Rumble as places to find these uh, these posts um, in case we ever happen to get shut down on some of the other channels. Thankfully, we're still kind of nobody. So generally, the bigger ministries are probably getting a little more attention than people like us would be. But then again, algorithms really don't discriminate. So who knows how that's going to go. So you might consider taking advantage of some of the other outlets. But if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, you're always welcome to share them on any of these outlets. And I do try to get to these uh, in a somewhat timely way. I'm going to try and answer a few other questions that have come in over the next 
little bit. And of course, we're not going to get too far away from, from getting back into our Roman study as well. So uh, hopefully these posts are helpful, and and uh, and certainly I'm very very thankful that you come along and watch and listen and and uh, and also uh, interact. So thanks for joining in. But Father, we thank you and praise you for being so good to us to give us your word, and we thank you that um, that as we find ourselves in the times of the end, so many of the things that we see in Scripture uh, described and which may have been very difficult for those who were recording them at the time as they were moved to the Holy Spirit, they may not have really understood uh, to some degree how some of these things might come to be. In other cases, they saw some of these things and maybe struggled to record them and try to figure out how to articulate what they were seeing in that kind of thing. But here we are uh, living in the times of the signs, and so we thank you for this. And we pray that in our hearts and in our minds, with our hands on the plow, we would be moving forward in the in kingdom work as we look forward to Jesus coming for us. So thank you, Lord, for the times you've called us to live in and help us to be effective in them. And we do just pray, Father, that uh, as we continue to grow as students of your word, that, Lord, you would help us to uh, to not give up, but to dig in deeper, to spend time trying to understand, to take a good, reasonable look through the lens of Scripture, what's going on around us, in an effort to try and understand exactly where we are, even as Jesus would admonish us too much as he um, um, did with the Pharisees in his own time, not recognizing his first coming. Help us not to make that mistake in regard to the nearness we are uh, in, in in the hour of uh, for, Christ's, uh, for Christ's second coming. So thank you, Father, for all these things. And we pray that you would lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit as we study your word and as we pray, as we walk, as we seek to worship you with our lives, knowing that one day we'll open our eyes and find ourselves before the throne. What a glorious thing to think about. And so thank you for this. We love you and praise you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.